The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the dominion of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you fish for human beings. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As Jesus went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately Jesus called to them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. In today's reading from the gospel according to Mark, Jesus is calling his first disciples to follow him. Jesus calls two sets of brothers, both of all of whom were fishermen. Fishing was a pretty low class form of work. In ancient Jewish culture, when young boys reached the age of around 10 or 12, if they were intelligent and if they were good at learning, they were brought to rabbis. And they were brought to rabbis for consideration of becoming one of their students. But because these two sets of brothers in this story were all fishermen, it implies that this was not to be their path. They were not viewed by their parents as intelligent enough or good enough to become students of rabbis. Therefore, they fished. So when Jesus walks by and asks them to follow him, their entire life narrative is changed and rewritten. They go from being not good enough, not smart enough to study with a rabbi to being disciples of the greatest rabbi to ever live. It's a complete reversal of who was expected to be a student of a rabbi. And inside of this story of the calling of Simon and Andrew and James and John is this hidden message. Everyone can follow Jesus. Everyone can be a follower of this rabbi. It's not something for the elite or the brightest or the best. Following Jesus is for everyone. It's for you. And that's what brings you to this place. You are here because you have also been invited to follow Jesus. These disciples had to give some things up, however. They had to trust that God had a plan. And they had to leave their old livelihoods behind. And to this day, that is still what following Jesus requires. Trust that God has a plan and leaving the old ways of life behind. This is true for you individually as disciples of Jesus. And it's true for us, our congregation, as a collection and a community of Jesus followers. We together have to trust 
that God has a plan and that we'll have to leave some things behind. Today, after the service, in the congregational meeting, you will hear a presentation from our vision team about a proposed guiding statement. These are words that our vision team have been working on for the last six months. They'll tell you much more about it in the meeting. They are also words that you have all been invited to contribute to yourselves. They're words that describe who we feel God is calling us to be at this time and in this place. New life is a spiritual community, but we're also a nonprofit organization. And as an organization, it's very hard to make plans and to set goals without having some kind of a shared foundational understanding of who we are as a church. This new guiding statement describes who we discern God is calling us to be as we move into the future. It will ground and anchor the type of ministry we do in this community for the next foreseeable future. It should also be said that A new guiding statement doesn't mean that we forget our past. We value and we honor the ways that new life has flourished in its history of being the church here in Pearland. But these are new days. And the world has changed significantly in the last several years. These new words are reflective of our new reality. So I want to share with you part of the guiding statement, the mission statement part. I'm going to spill the beans a little bit and give it to you early. But I want to focus on the meaning of this mission statement. The mission statement says this. Our mission is to raise disciples planted in God's love, growing in faithfulness and nourishing the world. At the very core Every church shares the same missional goal, to make disciples. Jesus commissioned his first disciples to do this at the end of the gospel, according to Matthew. Just before ascending back to the Father, Jesus said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So, It's fitting for New Life's mission to be grafted into this larger mission that all Christians share. But instead of saying that we make the disciples, we use the verb raise. God is the maker of all disciples. We can't take credit for the work of the Holy Spirit who calls and who gathers people into the family of God. However, We can claim to raise them, to raise disciples. Raising can be defined by lifting, by moving higher, by increasing the strength of. That means that at the core, our mission is to lift disciples, to move disciples higher in their walk with Jesus, and to increase the strength of all who are followers of the way. You'll also notice that raise has a connection to the work of agriculture, gardening. Raising crops is similar to the process of raising disciples. In fact, Paul made the same connection in one of his letters. 
Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Raising disciples includes different parts of spiritual development. Sometimes we're planting the seed. Sometimes we're watering the soil. Sometimes we're pruning the vine. Sometimes we're spreading fertilizer. But it's always God who provides the ability for us to grow. Our mission is to raise disciples by nurturing spiritual life in one another. And the spiritual life that we imagine for one another reminds us of a tree. This tree does three things. It's planted, it's growing, and it's nourishing. The ground of our existence that our disciple trees are planted in is God's love. It is the thing that surrounds us and the rich soil that we are fed through. God's love is the basis for everything. Once being planted in God's love, we begin to grow in many ways, but most important of all is in faithfulness. We grow in faith, learning to trust God for all that we need. We grow in being faithful as well, obedient to the call of surrendered, humble living. And as we grow into this faithfulness, by God's grace, we become something that can provide nourishment to the world. The world is understood as all of our neighbors, both near and far. Once trees become mature, they also nourish the world in many different ways. They provide oxygen, shade, fruit, seeds, home for birds, many other things. And just the same, our disciples that we raise also, once they're mature, nourish the world in just as many ways, through quilts and health kits, through food donations for the hungry, through blood drives, through sharing their gifts, through serving the community. Our mission is to raise disciples planted in God's love, growing in faithfulness and nourishing the world. That is our proposed mission. It's a powerful image of love, growth, and nurturing by following Jesus. I'm excited for the possibilities that this statement will bring May God bless us as we follow Jesus, guided by the Spirit, and raise more disciples. Amen.